Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Champions League match day six as we wrap the group stages. We have some big games on Tuesday, including, of course, PSG, Manchester United and Leipzig fighting to enter the knockout stage. We have Jonathan Johnson joining us, Jimmy's Easy Money and Fabrizio Romano, who gives us a loaded loaded list of a lot of information, including Sergio Ramos, the future of Zinedine Zidane, and much, much more. Stay right here because Que Golazo begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to Que Golazo. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome once again Fabrizio Romano, my friend, my colleague. So excited to have you here. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, my friend. Nice to be with you, with the guys of Kegolazo, as always, and with CBS, obviously. So we have so much to talk about, Fabrizio, but right hot of the press, you uh, tweeted something on Monday via a Tutor Sport article regarding the infamous Mina Raiola and Paul Pogba. What do you have for us? It's a huge news about Paul Pogba just because, as Mino Raiola said in his exclusive interview to Tutosport, he said it's over between Manchester United and Paul Pogba. It's over for Paul at Manchester United. So he wants to change. He wants a new chapter. Tomorrow we will have the official interview, obviously with many details. But what we can say is that finally Paul Pogba and his agent Mino Raiola have said what they were thinking by many months. So Paul wants to leave. Manchester United. Uh, he wants to leave the club by many months, to be honest, by one year, I would say. Just after the virus situation, he was considering, okay, I'm going to stay. I can change my life at Manchester United. He was trying to be back at his happiness feeling with Manchester United. He had some good months with the club, with Solskjaer, but immediately after, he was back at bad level and not a Pogba level. We are talking about a top player, but this summer, the situation has changed again. Now he wants a new chapter, and that's what's Raiola said, uh, Paul wants to change. We know that his dream is to play for Real Madrid. So always Pogba said, I want to join Real Madrid one day in my life. At the moment, to be honest, we have to say that from Real Madrid, from the board, from Florentino Perez, no one is moving to sign Paul Pogba. So we, we will have to see uh, what happens after this interview by Raiola, by this decision of the player. But the same is for Juventus. So we have to say that one year ago, in December of last year, Juventus were planning to sign Paul Pogba on last summer. They said, we wanted Ronaldo and we signed Ronaldo. We wanted the league and we signed the league from Raiola too. And this summer, the plan won, okay, we want Paul Pogba. But as you know, after the COVID, the virus situation, it was impossible to afford wages and pay, obviously, 100 million euro to sign Paul Pogba. So it was impossible on that summer, but now we have to see what happens on January, what happens on next summer, just because Pogba wants to leave. And as we said, his dream is Real Madrid, but Juventus was always another option for him. He was so happy at Juventus when he was a young guy and became a top player here in Italy. So pay attention to Juventus, pay attention to Real Madrid. 
but now it's time for Manchester United to decide if selling Pogba immediately on January or just on next summer. The situation is so complicated. The club is not happy. They were trying to extend this contract with, uh, with Man United, obviously, but it was like impossible. They didn't found an agreement. They just triggered the clause to extend for one year and not losing him as a free agent. But now it's really over between Pogba and Man United, as Minolayola said. The worst timing, Fabrizio, as Manchester United faces RB Leipzig. Paul Pogba just scored a great goal against West Ham. Also, the Manchester Derby is this weekend as well. Just the worst timing for everything. I agree with you, but I know Minoraiola and his style, and he doesn't like timing on these kind of things. He just likes to say what he thinks, it's his style, and he always do like this also with other players. So I'm not surprised, to be honest. I can understand the feelings of Manchester United fans, obviously, just because the timing is not the best one, obviously. But uh, if you know Minoraiola, he has the best players in the world, with Jorge Mendes for sure. But in this moment, he's just thinking about his player, and Pogba wants to leave Manchester United. So for him, it's just important what Pogba wants to do, and not Manchester United season. That's it. It's always Christmas to me when you're here, Richard <laughs> Romano. I love it. It's like a gift after gift. Let's begin because you are coming with a lot of news. And by the way, you can go on cbsports.com to check out his latest piece. But let's talk about it here on Kegolazo. And let's begin, Fabrizio, with Real Madrid. Real Madrid, who just won against Sevilla. Probably a much-needed victory for Zinedine Zidane in the league. But in the Champions League, they really need things to happen. And you have have some news especially on Sudan and of course their captain what do you have for us Fab? Yes that's because it has a dangerous situation for uh, Zinedine Zidane and Real Madrid obviously they need to go to the knockout stage in Champions League so it's so important the match on Wednesday for Real Madrid obviously but in particular for Zinedine Zidane because the feeling around Real Madrid is that his job will be at risk if Real Madrid won't go to the knockout stage, so they need to win against Borussia Mönchengladbach or to draw if Inter are going to beat uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. So it's a dangerous situation in Champions League. And Real Madrid, at the moment, they are defending Zinedine Zidane, but if they don't go to the next stage of the Champions League, the situation will be really a, part of a difficult moment for Zinedine Zidane. They are not talking at the moment with another manager, so they are just waiting the match on Wednesday. But immediately after, if Real Madrid won't go to the Champions League next stage, for sure they will start new talks and pay attention to the situation of Zinedine Zidane. So it's really, really dangerous and Real Madrid will play with their future on Wednesday in Champions League and with their manager. About Sergio Ramos is a different situation, obviously because we're talking about the captain, the top player of Real Madrid, so we're talking about a legend in this moment at Real Madrid and his contract is going to finish on next summer, so he's talking with the club by many weeks, but there is no agreement at the moment between Sergio Ramos and Real Madrid to extend these contracts. So it's another particular situation when you think to Sergio Ramos, uh, you imagine Sergio Ramos always playing for Real Madrid, but at the moment there is no agreement. But Sergio wants to stay at Real Madrid. He's still waiting for another bid from the club for a new contract. He wants two years of contract with the same wage he has right now. So there are talks between Sergio and Real Madrid. They have decided to wait a bit to complete the situation with the Champions League and then meet again with this agent with Sergio Ramos to decide about his future. Obviously, if Sergio Ramos won't extend his contract with Real Madrid, many top clubs will go for him. In my feelings, more clubs like Paris Saint-Germain than clubs like Juventus. We had a lot of rumors, obviously, with a player like Sergio Ramos with his contract expiring in some months. But at the moment, his priority is to stay at Real Madrid. So if he will not find an agreement with the club, 
we will see what happens with Paris Saint-Germain and with other clubs. But at the moment, he still wants to stay and he wants to be the first captain to play in the new Bernabeu with Real Madrid. So let's wait, but this is another particular situation. If you think about Zidane and Sergio Ramos in danger for their future at Real Madrid, it's really, really something of particular at the club. Huge, huge next few weeks for Real Madrid. You know, we talk about Fab a lot about Messi. You can't imagine Messi with Barcelona, but Sergio Ramos, I can't imagine Sergio Ramos anywhere else but Real Madrid. Incredible uh, and very important, crucial next few weeks for Los Blancos. Let's now move to England. Uh, as you mentioned, obviously the transfer window in January, but really 2021. Uh, is going to be really intriguing. And, you know, you, we've already talked about Pep Guardiola, of course, renewing his contract with Manchester City, Fab, and, you know, the news of Kevin De Bruyne finalizing his own contract. But Man City has their eyes on a few other players. Who specifically are they looking at, do you think, for 2021 uh, next year, Fab? They're looking for a midfielder, for a physical midfielder, also with quality. So they are looking for this kind of player, as you said, for next summer. So it's not a plan for January, but for next summer. Obviously, after I send the contract of Pep Guardiola, they are planning for the future of the club. So it's normal to start talks to understand the situation with many players. They want a new midfielder, and the name is Denis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's doing so well with the club. He's playing also as a centre-back in a major situation. Uh, he's normally a midfielder, so he's a really good player, in the opinion of Manchester City. They have good relationship with his agent so it's an opportunity for Man City they are considering him also more than Ismail Benasser from AC Milan he's a good player but AC Milan want to keep Benasser that's why uh, Manchester City will go for Zakaria he's on the list there are no advanced at all obviously we are in December and they're planning for next summer but in the list of Manchester City in the list of Pep Guardiola there is also the name of Denis Zakaria and for sure on next summer they will sign a new midfielder I say obviously also because the situation of Fernandinho uh, his age, obviously, he's going to change something in the field with Pep Guardiola. So pay attention to the name of Zakaria because he is so considered by Manchester City board and by Pep Guardiola. Yeah, just like Fernandinho has been able to cover both the midfield and centre-back positions, yeah. Zakaria would be the obvious uh, look. And that would be what a player for Man City moving on. Let's stay in the Premier League, Fab, because Edward Mendy has been fantastic for Chelsea. Fabrizio, uh, you know, obviously not that long of a resume under the Blues, but, you know, Chelsea looking good, Mendy playing well. I'm imagining Mendy is the solution or are they looking elsewhere in Europe? What are you hearing from Chelsea and the goalkeeper situation? What I hear is that he's not just the present, but also the future for Chelsea. That's the plan for the club. Petr Cech is absolutely in love with Eduard Mendy. He's convinced that he's one of the best goalkeepers in Europe in this moment. So that's his feeling. He's always saying also to people around Chelsea that he's perfect for the club, also because he's so calm. He's the first opportunity in a top club like Chelsea. And he's so relaxed. He seems a good guy, not just a good goalkeeper. So they are so happy with Eduard Mendy at the moment. Uh, we had a lot of rumors here in, in Europe on last summer. Okay, they are signing Mendy, but they're planning for a new top goalkeeper on next summer, like Donnarumma and his, his contract with AC Milan, so a big opportunity on transfer market. Also, a lot of rumors about Jano Black from Atletico Madrid ready to move to Chelsea next summer. So it was seeming like an emergency situation, the one with, uh, with Mendy. It's not like that, just because Chelsea are so happy with him. He will be goalkeeper of Chelsea also next season. So they are looking to loan out Kepa just because he's not playing and he's in a difficult situation. So he can leave the club also on January. So I think we're going to talk again about uh, Kepa next week just because 
Many clubs are starting to understand what's going to happen when, with Kepa, but Mendy will be the first goalkeeper in the future, not just the present, for Chelsea and also Frank Lampard is so happy with the guy and not just with the player. And this is so important when you play in a top club like Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, Mendy is just proven that he definitely is the present and the future. And Kepa Arrizabalaga, by the way, needs to go somewhere. I'm sure he's not just happy being on the bench. But as you mentioned, we will talk about him later on. All right. Now, everybody, Fabrizio is going to give us a quick Europe whip around right here, beginning in the Bundesliga. What do you have for us, Fabrizio? Beginning with a top player, in my opinion, and it's Leon Goretzka from Bayern Munich. What a midfielder, my friend. I love him. His attitude he has been key to win the Champions League and everything on last season with Bayern Munich. Ansi Flick is in love with this kind of player, with this kind of leader. He's a true leader in the midfield. And that's why Bayern Munich are working right now to extend his contract for the next five years. So negotiations are on between Leon Goretzka and Bayern Munich board. My feeling is that soon they can find an agreement in some months and they will sign it. So Leon Goretzka also had some request from Premier League on last summer, but it was absolutely impossible to sell Goretzka for Bayern Munich. They're going to keep him and they're going to extend his contract. So negotiation on for Goretzka. Pay attention to the contract in Italy. And we are moving to Italy right now uh, for a top player, obviously, top talent, but he's in a difficult situation and in a, in a, um, a dangerous situation with Juventus about his contract. And he's Paolo Dybala. We are talking about top talent, Argentinian guy. He's so good. We know him also in the Champions League. He's been great many times. This year, he's not playing so much just because Morata is the starter with Cristiano Ronaldo. Pirlo is so happy with Morata and Ronaldo together. And it's so difficult to play with Morata and Ronaldo and Dybala. Obviously, you also need to defend in football. That's why Dybala is not even starting always. He's not just so happy what's happening with him with, with Juventus. He's contacted for two seasons, this one or another one. So Juventus need to take a decision with Paolo Dybala. They are negotiating by one year with his agent and they are not finding an agreement so it's a really dangerous situation between Dybala and Juventus and they have to decide I think not for January because Dybala is staying but for next summer if a top club will arrive for Dybala they have to decide if selling him or extending his contract just because they can't lose him for free in one year so it's a key moment and a huge moment for Paolo Dybala he is to take the decision also because one year ago Manchester United and Tottenham were really close to sign Dybala. They found an agreement with Juventus, but was Dybala to say, no, I won't move to Premier League. I want to stay at Juventus. Uh, now the situation is so different. He has just two years of contract. So it's a dangerous situation with Dybala. Pay attention, Premier League fans, because on next summer, in my opinion, with Dybala, many things can happen. And we can move also to another Italian club, another contract, the one of Roberto Gagliardini with Inter. He was a starter in the last match in Champions League against Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's one of the favorite players of Antonio Conte. He's playing Gagliardini and not Christian Eriksen. Imagine he's like a warrior. That's what Antonio Conte like in the midfielders. And he's going to extend his contract with Inter. Negotiation has started with his agent for the next five years. So he will stay at Inter. We had a lot of rumors about Everton, about West Ham, him moving to the Premier League. And not like this, he's staying at Inter with Antonio Conte and with a new contract soon for the next five years. And so Inter and Juventus here in Italy are planning for their future. And we have one final thing. I was so hoping, Fabrizio, <laughs> for Mario Balotelli to come to MLS. That would be so amazing. I don't think he realizes how loved he would be here in this league, but he wants to stay in Italy. That's right, right? He wants to stay in Italy and he will stay in Italy because today, on Monday, he had his medical test new player of 
Monza, second division club in the Serie B, we call him in, uh, in the second league here, uh, here in Italy. With this club who is so ambitious, the president of Monza is Silvio Berlusconi, the former owner of AC Milan. He won everything as president and as owner of AC Milan. He is now owning Monza in the second division. They are going also with Kevin Prince Boteng, the former Barcelona player. He's playing with Monza in second division. Now they will have also Balotelli. They were playing together with AC Milan and now they are back together with Monza. As you said, he had opportunities from MLS, also opportunities from Brazil with Vasco da Gama trying to sign Balotelli, but it was a difficult situation just because they are changing the ownership of Vasco da Gama. That's why Balotelli decided to join the second division side Monza. Today he had his medicals, he signed his contract for next two years. He's happy just because he will be, he was a free agent, so he can play football right now. And I would say, finally, he was a huge talent. He is losing a lot of time also not playing football by eight or nine months. He was in a difficult situation with Brescia last season in Serie A. Now he's ready to come back. And so good luck to Mario Bartelli. And who knows, in the future it's possible he will go to MLS, in my opinion. We will see. Well, that's what I was thinking. Good luck to Mario Balotelli, but maybe <laughs> one more year and you never know, he might come. I mean, he's only 30 years yeah, old. He still has plenty of time to make a decision. But here we have Fabrizio Romano. We know who is staying with us every week. Fab, it's always so good to have you. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of Match Day 6 and the Champions League as we look ahead. Thank you, my friend. Thank you to our listeners. And I wait for you on Kegolazo and on CBS. We'll see you soon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Jimmy Conrad, unfortunately, can't join us today. We have Jonathan Johnson coming up to discuss all the action from Tuesday. Uh, but Jimmy did leave us his easy money. Easy money, 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 money. So it's just going to be me. I'm just going to read you out some of the things that Jimmy gave us for your wagering needs. Let's begin with a slam dunk wager. And he says that Christian Pulisic, Captain America, the American Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic to score any time. That's plus 105. That's a good one. The next one, we got feeling pretty good about it. He's always feeling good about it. Let's say, Jimmy's always feeling good. All right. So I don't know why he wrote that, but he feels really good about this one. Juventus just to beat Barcelona straight up. That's plus 235. Don't even worry about the goal scorer or the score just for Juventus to beat Barcelona. Barcelona just lost this weekend. You know, Juventus probably thinking they're confident about it. So all they need to do is just win plus 235. Then we got the Jimmy special. Jimmy special with a side of eggs. We got Bruno Fernandes to score, United to win, and both teams to score with plus 550. That's pretty good. I think that, you know, as they face uh, RB Leipzig, you don't think that they're going to keep a clean sheet. It's going to be an all-out gun battle. And for Bruno Fernandes to score, United to win, and both teams to score, that's plus 550. And we got the parlay partay with Lazio and Dynamo Kiev, both to win. That's plus 221, 229, all right? So Lazio and Kiev, all they need to do is just win. Don't worry about the goal score. Don't worry about anything else. Just win. That's plus 229. So there you have it. All your wagering tips, if you need to hear it again, you can maybe just rewind this bad boy. And if you're watching on YouTube, rewind as well. But that's all of it from Jimmy's Easy Money. We'll be right back with Jonathan Johnson. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. 
Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to Que Golazo Pod. And I have my man, Jonathan Johnson. JJ, how are you, brother? Hey there, man. Very good. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to talk to you because as we preview Tuesday's Champions League action, match day six. It's going to be a fun one in Group H as PSG, Manchester United, and Leipzig are all fighting for that, you know, those two spots in the knockout stage. And JJ, before we get going, let's set the scenario for everybody. Uh, you can help me fill in if I miss anything. But here's what it is, everybody. Man United need at least a draw against Leipzig to confirm a spot in the round of 16 because their head-to-head record against the German side is better. Leipzig need a win, straight up. They need a win. Or for PSG to lose against Istanbul Besiktas. PSG, a draw would be enough for them to qualify for the next round, no matter what happens between Man United and Leipzig. And a defeat would actually also see them qualify, uh, depending on results, because of their better head-to-head stats. But not if the Leipzig-Man United match ends in a draw. So there's a lot of really interesting narratives here. Um, I'll ask you first about Leipzig-Manchester United, Jonathan, but if there's anything that I missed there, let me in. It's always confusing in the group H, known as the group headache, but super intriguing as Leipzig uh, faces hosts Manchester United. Yeah, man, it's almost as much of a headache as being a Villa fan, which uh, luckily, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, luckily we were spared of this weekend. I think that's why I'm feeling so positive ahead of this. Yeah, weekend. me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, it is, it, it is a really intriguing uh, matchup uh, in this group coming into the final round of games. And I think this is the one that everyone, this is the way everyone was hoping it would, would pan out. I mean, we've been speaking for the last couple of weeks about the potential to have that scenario where, where all three teams are on nine points and, uh, you know, now we've got it. And we even saw last week with uh, Basic here coming so close uh, to, to beating Leipzig and then falling at the, the last hurdle, uh, the Germans winning that match 4-3, massive drama, arguably one of the best group stage games uh, so far this season. Uh, you know, and I think that just shows how, uh, you know, dangerous the, this final round of matches is for everybody because PSG are at home to, to Besik Shahir. And yeah, you would fancy them to, to get the job done. But Besik Shahir has shown that they're able to score goals. Uh, and, you know, Leipzig and, and United, we saw United destroy Leipzig earlier in the group stage. But, you know, we've seen Leipzig play very, very well at times this season. Just look at how they did over the weekend against Bayern Munich, 3-3 uh, away from home in the Bundesliga. So, you know, it is really uh, exciting coming into this, uh, th- this last round of matchups. And it's, it's hard to call how, how this group is going to finish. Uh, personally, I have a feeling that um, PSG and Leipzig will be the two who advance. But I think anything could happen over the course of 90 minutes uh, with these three sides. Well, as I'm reading also, uh, JJ, that Man United are going to be without three big names for their game. Uh, Solskjaer has confirmed that Cavani and Martial, who were both withdrawn due to injury against uh, West Ham, are unavailable. And Fred, of course, as well, is silent after picking up a red card uh, you know, in, the, in the last one. 
So, you know, I, that's kind of a big deal right there with, uh, you know, we've talked about how Cavani has been influencing this team so much uh, and Martial as well. So two key attackers for United against Leipzig, they're out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I think Cavani's going to be a much bigger miss than Martial. And you look at the way that Martial has been performing in front of goal recently, uh, you know, not taking the chances, particularly guilty against PSG, uh, where he wasted uh, some glorious opportunities, particularly one where he blazed out when he should have hit the target. Uh, and I think it's a real shame for Cavani as well, because considering how long he spent out of the game, uh, you know, he hasn't looked that rusty since uh, since getting into action for, for United uh, and actually looked very good against PSG. Thought he was very unlucky, obviously had that chip that hit the bar, but some of his link-up play was also very, very interesting. So uh, I I really think that United uh, could be made to pay for the, the, the way that they finished the match against PSG, their second half, Fred getting that red card, uh, some of the changes that Solskjaer refused to make. Uh, because we knew that United were going into a difficult run of matches against West Ham and then coming up against City this coming weekend as well. So it's not just the Champions League that they've got to consider uh, coming into this one. Uh, you know, Leipzig as well, fighting on all fronts uh, in the Bundesliga and then in the Champions League. They're going to be highly motivated. And, you know, without Martial and Cavani, that's two big sources of goals for United missing. That's going to put a lot of pressure uh, on uh, somebody like Marcus Rashford to, to, to do the business. And, you know, we've already seen Rashford looking pretty sore, particularly around the shoulder area in recent matches. So for me, uh, I'd, I'd be worried uh, about United coming into this one. Uh, you know, I think that Leipzig have shown that they have goals in them. OK, yeah, they do concede them. But they've, you know, proved themselves to be, you know, very strong at home, uh, and they generally tend to play a lot better uh, in Leipzig than they do on the road. So I, I really think that this is quite dangerous for United now with those absentees. Yeah, time for players like Mason Greenwood, I think, and Donny Van de Beek to, I guess, step up. And from Leipzig's point of view, Diet Upamecano is going to be missing as well after uh, being suspended uh, because of the third yellow card in the group stages, but. Plenty of competition for a starting lineup there in RB Leipzig. Let's talk about now the other one, the other side, PSG against Istanbul Besiktas. I guess you could say on paper that they have the best case scenario, but as you were talking to me before we started taping, how PSG would it be for PSG to just completely mess this one up? What's the latest on Paris Saint-Germain? I mean, we saw that Kylian Mbappé scored his 100th goal for the club uh, this past weekend. What's the latest on them? as they face the Turkish side. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, to, you know, to, to be talking now about PSG potentially topping the group, we really didn't see this coming a couple of weeks ago. I remember speaking with you and Jimmy from a very cold Parc des Princes just a couple of weeks ago after the Leipzig game, not looking forward to another cold night in Paris against Basaksehir here tomorrow. Uh, but I, you know, I think on paper, you know, it does look, you're right, it does look like a really favourable scenario for PSG. They've done the hard work. They've got the points against Leipzig at home. They've got the points away against Manchester United in quite convincing fashion as as well a 3-1 win uh you know and they're, they're starting to to look a, a bit better a bit more coherent now uh you know they they finished with a gritty 3-1 win away at Montpellier as well over the weekend in Ligue 1 which is a big boost for them because they've looked guilty of, of a bit of complacency uh, domestically recently with that defeat against Monaco and then the draw at home to Bordeaux so that will be a big boost for them I found it interesting listening to Thomas Tuchel's 
quotes before the match. He was talking in the pre-match press conference saying that it's like the players woke up to the, the reality of their situation. Like they, they realized the, the danger that they were in, the difficult position they put themselves in, uh, you know, and really took it upon themselves to, to right uh, the ship, so to speak. Uh, and they've done that well. Uh, you know, they, they put in a very disciplined, uh, tactical performance against Leipzig to, to come away with the win and keep a clean sheet. Uh, and then they, you know, they, they benefited from Thomas Tuchel's tactical superiority, I would call it, over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, away at Manchester United at Old Trafford. Incidentally, which seems to have uh, ignited some interest from United in Tuchel as a potential replacement for the Norwegian. I'm sure we'll cover that at some point in the future. Uh, but it, it is very curious now to see how this uh, scenario unfolds for PSG. They've got players coming back from injury. They've got other players coming into form. Uh, the likes of Rafinha, obviously, who arrived over the summer, is starting to look like he could become uh, quite a prominent figure for this PSG side after a good performance in Montpellier. Uh, you know, and Tuchel you know, seems to have more of an appetite for, for, for what's going on with PSG at the moment, uh, certainly compared to, to how he was a couple of weeks ago. He's less combative, uh, you know, he's less confrontational at the moment. So it, it seems like the PSG camp is a lot happier now than it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they, they have done a very good job over the second half of this group stage so far to turn things around. But considering the way that PSG season has gone so far, uh, you know, it would also be in keeping with them to, to find things difficult against uh, Basak Sahir. I'd, I'd say the thing that I think is probably working most in PSG's favour is that Basak Sahir now know that they have nothing to play for. They can't get the Europa League spot, uh, you know, which is why I think they gave it absolutely everything against Leipzig. It was the last possible opportunity, uh, you know, to, 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 to be in contention for that position. That's gone now, uh, and I just wonder if you know they're they're just going to go through the motions against PSG, especially if PSG make a strong start to the match. So I think it's absolutely crucial that, that PSG uh, you know get off on the front foot, not only for this match, uh, you know, but for for the remainder of uh, this year because they've got some tough games coming up as well domestically. They've got Lyon, uh, who aren't playing in Europe this season, coming to Parc des Princes this weekend, and they've started picking up form. Uh, and they're also going to go away to Lille just before Christmas, which you know is a very appetizing league on fixture and it will be a big test for PSG so big run of games coming up uh, for Tuchel and his men but they're looking in better health now uh, you're right by mentioning Mbappe getting his 100th goal for PSG that's a big monkey off of his back uh, you know he, he'd been on a bit of a dry run recently started coming in for a bit of criticism uh, interestingly sporting director Leonardo uh, opened the door to the possibility of him extending his contract in an interview at half time during that match suggesting that it's not uh, as far away as, as it had been made out in recent reports. So that's something to, to definitely keep an eye on. And we've seen Neymar really come to the fore in the last couple of matches. Leipzig got the, the penalty, which was a crucial goal, uh, and scored twice against United at Old Trafford. Uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things that I can take from uh, you know PSG's recent turnaround in the Champions League is that it further underlines just how much of a key player Neymar is coming becoming for this PSG side I mean it's obvious when you spend 220 million euros on somebody like him that he's going to be a key guy for you but the, the the fact is he really has sort of embraced uh this this role as PSG's talisman and it's not the first time we've seen it as well we saw it against Liverpool a couple of seasons ago in the group stages we saw it against Dortmund in the latter stages last season uh you know Neymar really does uh, step it up when PSG need him to and you know it was 
largely thanks to a lot of Neymar's unselfishness that they made it to the Champions League final last season. Uh, despite he, the fact he didn't score a goal in Lisbon, he, he was still a key protagonist there. Uh, and, you know, I think he will... He's in form at the moment. He's feeling it. He was rested for the Montpellier match. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him and Mbappe together put in a, a big performance. Let's not forget that Mbappe, despite getting his 100th PSG goal, is still on a near year-round uh, drought for goals in the Champions League. The last time he scored uh, was back in last season's group stage against Galatasaray. So it would be you know, quite the bit of symmetry if he was to break that drought against another Turkish side in the final match of the group stage. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is why Neymar left, to be honest, why he left Barcelona. He wanted to be the key player. And now all he has to do is help PSG finally win the Champions League trophy. I'm with you. I see Leipzig and PSG going through. I feel that the Cavani, Martial, even Fred, to be honest, all those absentees are going to be pretty important, especially when they play away from home. Let's talk now about Group G. I mean, it's decided Barca and Juventus are through, but... Barcelona need a point at home uh, to seal top of the table. Very quickly here, Jonathan. I mean, uh, if Juventus wins more than 2 nothing, then they're good to go. Barcelona just lost a terrible game against Cadiz in the weekend. Uh, you know, so how do you see this one? Who, who goes top? Who goes second? I mean, it would have been more interesting if they had to fight for a little bit more, but we always knew that these two were going to go through. Now it's a matter of where they end up in the group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, uh, obviously Barcelona hold all the cards, but you just look at their recent form. It's not good. Uh, Juve is, I mean, is, is also quite spotty. You know, they've not, they've not been completely perfect domestically. Uh, you know, they managed to get the win in the, in the, the derby against Torino, but they, you know, they left it late. Uh, I, to be honest, it's a, it's a difficult one to call uh, because if, if Cristiano Ronaldo turns up and he's hungry, you could easily see Juventus winning this one uh, by, you know, potentially two or three goals. But obviously we know that, uh, you know, winning by two goals is not enough. I think, I think that Juventus will win the match. I'm just not sure they'll win it by enough, uh, you know, in order for them to finish top. But let's be honest, of all of the seasons uh, of, of the Champions League, uh, recent seasons of the Champions League, this is probably the one where it matters the least finishing top or second. I think it's just whether you get into the latter stages or not, because the draw is going to be so random because of the amount of clubs that have been struggling for form uh, in, the, in the early stages of this season. You know, and there's been some very odd results uh, when you look at the teams on paper that have certain clubs in, in, in second place or worse uh, you know, who you would normally be expecting to finish top in their groups and thinking of the likes of Real Madrid. So, you know, I think it's going to be a real lottery and it doesn't necessarily benefit clubs this season uh, to be finishing top in their Champions League group. It's certainly not as crucial as it's been uh, in, uh, in campaigns gone by. Well, let's talk finally, JJ, about, uh, you know, just real quick, Group F. Lazio just need a point to seal their place in the last 16. And it's kind of amazing because, you know, it's been a long time since Lazio have been in the Champions League and, you know, it was always going to be difficult. Borussia Dortmund, of course, in the group as well. Uh, how, how, how do you see it? It's only a point. And also, how, you know, it, it'd be great for Lazio to be in the Champions League knockout stage, right? A, a, an old sort of uh, experienced former giant sort of waking up again. Chiro Immobile, one of the best strikers in Europe. It'd be great to see that. And all they need is a point. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, it really plays into Lazio's favour. Uh, this match, I, I fancy them uh, up against Brugge. I mean, you you mentioned him, Chiro Immobile, Chiro the hero to uh, to, to to quote Jimmy. 
you look at the the scoring run that he's on at the moment, you know, it, you wouldn't bet against him adding to that here. Uh, and and I do think that, that Lazio will uh, ultimately get the job done. I think it's, you know, the hardest part is behind them now. They're in a position where they know that they need to put in one good performance over 90 minutes uh, and, a, and a place in the latter stages is theirs for the taking. So I think that they'll do it. Uh, I, I hope that they'll do it as well. I have a soft spot for Lazio, uh, having grown up being a big fan of Serie A over the years. And Lazio are always one of the clubs that I, I did enjoy watching. So it would be nice to see them, uh, you know, joining, uh, you know, some of the, 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 the big teams in the latter stages. So, I, I think they'll do it. Uh, it'll be a shame for, for Brugge, who, who have shown at times that you know they are a they are a decent side. But I think that they have a good chance of making a deep run in the Europa League. Uh, I think that Lazio will have just enough uh, to to book their spot in the the latter stages of the Champions League. And that would be great, Jonathan Johnson, to break down everything, including Group Headache, aka Group H. JJ will also be back uh, as we recap. Tuesday's action and hopefully he'll bring an extra jacket. Don't get too cold there, JJ. I know that it gets a little freezing. I can feel you and I can feel I'm in the Northeast in the US and I can feel the pain. So I know how cold it gets, but JJ, stay warm, get your hot cocoa. Thanks so much for joining us once again, my friend. Thanks a lot, my man. Look forward to catching up after the matches. I want to thank Fabrizio Romano and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget that you can follow us on Que Golazo Pod on Twitter. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Spotify and Stitcher. Enjoy match day six of the Champions League, and we will see you very soon. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.